Welcome, friends, to the Girl Mom Podcast. This is Carrie Kampakis, your host. Today on the show, I have Mary Lauren back with me to talk about contentment and gratitude. In this age of social media, it's so easy to feel good about your life one minute and then suddenly feel discontent and even bitter five minutes later as you scroll online and compare yourself to someone whose life looks better at the moment. I'm a big believer that this comparison that we all do and also the discontent that's been amplified by social media hurts our relationships because it either makes us resent people or resent God and neither one is healthy. It truly is a mental battle to not let your mind go there and stay there in that place of discontent and to also be intentional in growing in contentment and gratitude so that we can embrace the life that we have and help others embrace the life that they have too. As always, if you enjoy the show, please leave a review wherever you listen so others can find it and keep spreading the word. As I travel to different communities, I've had more and more people telling me that they found me through this podcast, and that's all because of the episodes that you share with your friends and favorite moms. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Welcome back, Mary Lauren. I feel like it has been so long. I know it's just been a few months because you and I have been going in different directions this spring, but I'm so happy to be back with you and talking on this topic that is so relevant for summer because, you know, I think with social media and we're all probably spending more time online in the summertime, it's going to be a lot easier to grow in that discontent or feeling like maybe we're on the wrong track as we're seeing what everybody else is doing. So Mm -hmm. um, we're recording this in May, late May, but this message will come out in the summertime, and I think it's a, it'll be good timing for that. Yeah, I completely agree. I know when you texted me about doing this podcast, I was like, my heart rate went up, and I, I was like, I miss Miss Carrie. I know, I, I really know. missed you. I know. The spring went by so fast. I mean, so fast. We both had so much going on. I and know. I'm ready for summer. I think you probably feel the same way, just mm-hmm. to have a little headspace and calendar space. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. But yeah, you're right. This podcast topic. I feel like is so relevant for this time of year when, you know, especially speaking with high school girls, this can be such a time of comparison when Mm -hmm. you're looking on social media and you see your friends on all these trips and you might be home doing nothing. Some people are getting ready to go to college, but it can be really easy to let the enemy creep in and make you compare. um, And that just can steal your joy. And yeah, we're hoping this podcast is refreshing to everyone listening to it and that you can be encouraged knowing that, you know, if you have Jesus, you have everything. And contentment doesn't come from circumstances or from having something you don't already have. It comes from knowing Him. And gratitude takes, you know, what you have and it turns it into enough. And mm-hmm. I think that those two topics, these two topics of gratitude and contentment can help every person listening, no matter what your summer plans are or where you're at in life right now. Exactly. And and I think about, and I, I've, I've said this to girls too, like when I talk about social media, when I'm giving talks and just like it's it's healthy if you if you can set limits for yourself or take breaks or delete the app like that shows that you're growing ma- mm-hmm. and you're maturing mm-hmm. if you're able to do that or if you realize that social media is not good for me it's causing discontent in my life and I think about a girl that a couple years ago was in college and she was like you know what I deleted Instagram for the summer because a lot of my friends are doing um, trips abroad studies abroad and I'm not she loves to travel like that's her her thing. And it was her first summer in several years that she wasn't traveling. So she's like, I know I'm going to be jealous. And so I'm just Mm. taking it off my phone. Right. And, you know, that's not a show of weakness. Like, that's a show of strength and that mental health that you're protecting yourself and you're protecting what God has given you to be able to enjoy your life and be present in your life Mm -hmm. rather than feeling like you're doing it all wrong because of what you're seeing online. Because God has you where he has you for a reason. And he makes everything beautiful in its time. And 
we can so quickly miss the beauty and the season he's put us in when we're so consumed with what other people are experiencing in their own lives. It's like, yes, we think that someone else's gain or fun experience or a boyfriend or whatever it is. We think of that as an absence of our own sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's easy to see what someone else has and not be happy for them, but instead think about how you don't have it. And therefore you're discontent or ungrateful, but there's so much beauty in every season. And, I think the Lord doesn't want us to be so preoccupied with what He's doing with other people, and instead He wants us to put our eyes and just ask Him, like, Lord, what are you doing with me right now? Not in this conceited or narcissistic way of being so focused on you, but it's good to be aware of the season you're in. Um, and this isn't a struggle just common to us. This is found all throughout Scripture. One account of it is at the end of John in chapter 21 when Jesus was talking to Peter, and He basically told him about he was going to have to die a death. He didn't want to die, do things he didn't want to do. And Peter's first response was, well, what about John? And Jesus is like, what is it to you if he remains here till I come? Like, you follow me. And I think he's saying the same thing to all of us. It's like, what's it to you if she's on a fancy vacation or if she's going to that college or has all these plans? Like, you follow the Lord and recognize that he has you exactly where he has you. And there's beauty in your season if you'll see it. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. And I think that it does create that discontent. And also, you know, just the work that I do, I've said a million times before, like 95% of the emails, phone calls, messages I get are struggles and friendships with mm. girls. And what people don't realize is the disconnect <laughs> that so many times the reason people are struggling in friendships is because you got to look at like, maybe are you jealous of your friends? Mm. Are you resenting your friends? Like these things that we let get in our mind, these right. narratives we tell ourselves, come in the middle of our friendships they keep us from being that encouraging friend that supportive friend i mean Mm -hmm. the best friendships is when every each girl is like i am running the race that god created me to run right this is my lane you're running in the lane beside me you might be ahead of me sometimes you might Mm -hmm. be behind me sometimes but we're running together doing what god created both of us to do and we're cheering each other on right and so but if you're trying to run your race and you're continually sneaking these glances sideways at whatever's mm-hmm. around you and then you're panicking and freaking out because mm-hmm. they're ahead of you in some area or doing something different than you yeah. it's going to undermine your friendships and right. so it's like if you truly want good relationships you've got to work through this mm-hmm. you know because it's not only going to just make you unhappy with the discontent and you know not being grateful and we all have these seasons that we feel that way but it's going to undermine the friendships that we all want it's so true and it's so hard because There was definitely a time in my life when there were even older girls that I looked up to, which is such a good thing to have girls you look up to. But the goal can, um, the goal in our minds can be like, oh, I want my life to look exactly like hers. Mm -hmm. Oh, I hope my outfits look just like hers or what I do with my summer looks like her summer. And we, we, I think our nature can be to like copy and paste what someone else's life looks like. Mm -hmm. But the beautiful thing about following the Lord is that he has something custom made for you. Like he has a handwritten story for each person that he created. And you can't find that by looking at other people's stories. And not only is it true that he has a personal custom made story for you, but it's it's so much better. Like that's something like more joy is found in what the Lord has for you. More peace is found in his will for your life. And it can really it can be easy to look at someone else's life and think, oh, they must just be full of joy because of that job or because of that boyfriend. But joy comes from the Lord. And so don't think for a second that someone else's life, no matter how glamorous or beautiful it looks, that's not the reason for their joy or contentment. It's like oftentimes you look at people with the most attractive lives and they can be like the least content 
um, if you actually get in a conversation with them. And it just goes to show that it's so not about what you have or what you're doing. It's about who you are. And if you know the Lord, you know, like yeah. that's where it comes back to. It's so true. And I, it was one of my books. I think it was liked. I said, God created you to live authentically yes. and not identically to other girls. So good. And so, but I think social media makes us want to live identically to whoever's ahead of us in mm-hmm. some category that we care about. And right. whether it's the girls in college or high school or the people having babies or, you know, now you got influencers. And for people, you know, what I've noticed with moms raising kids, like, this generation behind me that I'm hearing from a lot, these young mm-hmm. moms, like they've got it harder because my generation, social media was just becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. So people, but it was, that was our challenge. Like we don't know how to parent through this, that we don't have any advice from the parents ahead of us because we were the pioneers there, but things weren't so established. Like there weren't a million influencers. you like, we didn't mm-hmm. have all these things in our faces. The kids weren't asking for phones in second grade. <laughs> like mm-hmm. these moms behind us, these kids are getting phones a lot earlier so you have these little girls, instead of enjoying childhood and being a little girl, they want to look like the junior high girls or these yeah. junior high girls suddenly want to look like the college girls. Like, you know, that's where they're getting their vision for their life. And so going back to summer, this is really a perfect time to, like, get off social media and get quiet with God and say, instead of saying, I'm going to go to social media to see what my life should look like. Like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to spend time with my real life friends in a Bible club and ask God, what what is your vision for me? Instead mm-hmm. of looking on social media to see like right. my life needs to look exactly like hers. And I do believe that that's where we find our contentment and our joy and come to like who we are because we're like, okay, God created us and gifted us specifically for a purpose that was unique and mm-hmm. unlike any purpose anybody has served before. Yeah. And so you're not going to find that looking online. It's right. really going to be found by spending time with God and building that relationship right. and becoming the person and the young woman that he created you to be. It's so true. And when you get one part of the story of what the Lord has for you, it's like all of a sudden everything makes sense. And another way to put that is like when you're doing what God is calling you to do, it's crazy how if you realize my personality was made for this. Yes. Even my face and my body were right. made for this. Right. A little example that might sound silly, but one of my friends, one of my best friends has freckles and they're so cute. And everyone's like, Caroline, your freckles are so cute. But she's always kind of been like, oh, I don't love them. Or like, I don't really think much about them. But she went to work at some refugee camp a summer of college. And, you know, there are people there that didn't necessarily, not all of them spoke English, and they were trying to spread the gospel to these people. Um, And all the little kids would be like, you're freckles, you're freckles. And it was crazy. They ended up like wanting to approach her and to be her friend because they said they saw kindness, like kindness in her freckles. And Caroline was like, I've never been so grateful for my freckles (laughs) because they led to these conversations where, yes, they might have connected on the basis of of her freckles because she looked kind, but then she got to tell them about the Lord and her relationship with Him and about how joy comes from Him. And it's just hilarious because she was like, people my whole life have commented on my freckles and I've never thought much about it. I've honestly kind of been pretty ungrateful for my freckles but then this summer of doing exactly what God was calling me to do my freckles made sense and I just think that that's so true for all of us of like um instead of being insecure about the way you look or like the way your body was made focus on like what the Lord is calling you to do and like who he created you to be and like he doesn't make a mistake like each one of you is fearfully and wonderfully made and his works are wonderful and we can know it full well 
but it really does help when you're doing the thing God's calling you to do. It's crazy how the way He created you starts to make more sense. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. I think it was in 10 Truths I talked about that because when I was younger, I remember it used to kind of drive me nuts because people would always tell me, oh, you're so... You're so green or just, you know, so naive or, and I'm like, I don't want to be naive. I don't want to be green. But they'd mm-hmm. also say you're a breath of fresh air, but mm-hmm. kind of meant like, you know, not very, not very worldly, I guess. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to be worldly. I want to be sophisticated. Like no. I always wanted to be mm-hmm. more like that. But it is funny because as I've gotten older, I'm like with that, I mean, I guess I see the good in the world. It's it's not hard for me to see the good. I mm-hmm. mean, certain seasons it has been, I've had to kind of fight to get back there. But it's just always been pretty easy for me to see good in the mm-hmm. world. And I never realized that was a gift. But Such a gift. I'm like, as I've gotten older, and it's harder to be optimistic, and it's harder to see the good, and you have to really fight more for that. Yeah. I'm so grateful that that's more my natural predisposition. Mm-hmm. But it felt like such a weakness, you know, and something right. I just that's something I did not like when yeah. I was younger. And so now I'm like, oh, okay, I don't want to lose that part of myself because as mm-hmm. you get older – and there are more things to make you angry and bitter, and it's really just easy to go down that road of pessimism and, you know, definitely dark realities. You know, I think I'm like, oh, well, this is, and I think this is what we're all called to do is to like see the good and find the good and yeah. for light to find light and to just live yeah. in the light. But, um, but yeah. it's just interesting how you do appreciate the older you get, you'll have situations or callings that you realize that God created you specifically for that. Right. And it's so important just to never lose that childlikeness. Yes. That innocence, um, just that awe and wonder. Like when you think about a child, it's like they just trust their parents and they find joy. And it could be the silliest thing. Like when I'm babysitting and we go to the grocery store, they're like, yay, like the free cookie at Publix. You know, like the tiniest things bring them joy. And I feel like there's a reason Jesus said, unless you become like a child, you'll never you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Exactly. Because that faith of just trusting your father and knowing that he has you where he has you for a reason and he wants to bring you good and not harm. Like that kind of childlikeness, it's harder to keep, mm-hmm. but it's more precious to gain um, in the life of a believer. Yes. Oh, I agree too. And it's in the older you get, you've got to fight for that. Right. And just to be able to be that personality, like I can find so much joy mm-hmm. in sitting here looking at a flower. <laughs> yeah. And even I was talking to a woman recently and she's so cute. She's a grandmother and she leads a group of parents and kids and um, she just does an amazing job in, in her calling. But she was talking about with her grandchild. She's like, you know, love. He comes over and she's like, we do not sit and get on TV. You know, we go outside and we do nature walks. And she's like, yesterday we sat and watched a caterpillar for 10 minutes. (laughs) And so I was like, she was like, and I loved it. She's like, I never would have done that with my kids, but I Mm -hmm. can do that with my grandchildren. I have Mm -hmm. more time. And she's that perspective of how important that is. Mm. But, you know, a child can do that and just look at the wonder of a caterpillar. And that's really just finding that joy in those small things and just the gratitude. Thank you, God, that I'm healthy enough to get out today and take this walk. And yeah. Just being grateful for, mm-hmm. I don't know, I try to be grateful for those little things. Even though this morning, I told you I did an exercise class with Ella. Mm-hmm. And so we were in there and, and just in the middle of it, I'm just like, thank you, God, that I'm healthy enough to be here in this class doing this with her. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just aware if I did not have my health and I was in bed today, like that is something if I saw her going to exercise, I would think, man, I wish I could go with her. Like that's mm-hmm. such a blessing, just such that blessing. little thing to be able to go do it together and Mm -hmm. I think as we look at our life and just those little moments and every Mm -hmm. little thing that we're able to do that it really is a blessing that we would miss just think you know what if you couldn't do it Mm -hmm. then it just makes you more grateful right 
gratitude is so huge. It is huge. And there's a reason he tells us to rejoice always and pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances because mm-hmm. that's God's will for us in Christ Jesus. But the reason it is is because the reason we can give thanks in all circumstances is because we know that he's working all circumstances out for our good. You know, and I think it might not look like staring at a, caterp- at a caterpillar or, you know, looking at the sky for 20 minutes, even though those things really help you recognize the beauty that's all around us. It could just look like, being in his presence, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know how when you're a little kid and you're just content being in, in your dad's presence, like I would get so excited when he came in from work just to like be in the same room as him. Yes. And I think we forget that we always have access to God's presence. Yes. And yeah, just yeah. realizing the gift that that is, that we have access through Jesus yeah. to be in our father's presence. Like, yeah. And that supernatural peace. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember one of my girls in seventh grade, they did this Bible study. It was so cute. They had just started the middle school, and they did it with some of their guy friends. And um, one time we hosted over here, and I was just sitting there listening to their conversations. And it was it was so sweet, but it was, you know, one of the girls, they were just talking about hard things in their life. And mm-hmm. one of the kids was talking about their parents' divorce. Wow. And um, she was kind of struggling with it. And then one of the other boys was talking about his parents had gotten divorced the, the year before. And he's like, I know exactly what you're talking about. And But he was talking about God, like feeling God, like how he was really sad one night and he prayed. And he's like, and then I woke up the next morning and he faced like, I just felt this peace. Mm. that I, it, was, it was, I was about to cry just listening to them. But he just felt that, that supernatural peace of God wow. in the midst of his suffering. And mm. I think that's what we, you know, that's what. Yeah. If you're not following God, that's what you're missing is that even in the suffering, Mm -hmm. you know, if you are trying to be faithful and I'm not saying you're not going to feel it all the time because Mm -hmm. sometimes you're praying, you're doing all those things, you're not feeling God, you're having that dark night of the soul. Sometimes it doesn't work like that. But I've had so many moments in my life. I'm like, I should not feel peace right now, but I do. Yeah. (laughs) Or I should not feel joy right now, but I do because I trust in the Lord. Right. I've lived long enough to see him carry me through hard times. And I know that any pain we face is temporary Mm -hmm. and that joy is coming and that perfection is coming in heaven. Like I know that none of the, none of the pain and suffering on this side of heaven is going to last forever. Mm -hmm. And, I don't know what I'd do without that hope because like, that's what gets you through those hard times. Me too. Because a lot of people going through hard times, all they can focus on is getting through it. Right. You know, all they can focus is on is like the next season, the next season, the next season, which sometimes that can be helpful. But you're right. Like in the suffering, I think sometimes God gives us peace to show us. Mm-hmm. It's so not about what's happening. Right. Like fullness of joy is found in His presence. Like your sadness may last for a nighttime, but joy comes in the morning. Like right. joy is found in His presence and only the fullness of it. And something that J.H. Ranch says a lot is happiness depends on what's happening, mm-hmm. but joy comes from a deep, settled confidence that God is in control. Yeah. And when you can see that, like that, and when you can have that deep, settled confidence that God is in control, not one thing happens in your life that doesn't pass through His hands first. Like He is overall and in all and through all. And like, yeah, I think just looking to the next season to give you joy, to give you peace, I think there's a deeper there's there's a promise that you can have joy and peace right now you know in the season you're in yeah if you have him and it is and, and you know i guess seeing god you know trusting him it's you know for me as a writer and i used to do a lot of fiction writing before i started doing nonfiction. but you know you look at any story you love you're not going to read a book that doesn't have problems and issues and some huge challenge right. like we love to read those stories about other people but mm-hmm. we don't like when it's our life that that's right. happening too but Look at your life like a book. Like think of your favorite book that you love, and there, you're ending one chapter, and it's it looks like dire. Like there's no way they'll get out of 
this, mm-hmm. you know, but and you can't put it down because you want to see what's coming next. And like, look at your life like that. Like you're in a terrible chapter right now, but there's more chapters ahead, you mm-hmm. know, and God is still writing that story. And we know by the Bible what's going to happen if we're a believer, you know, that it's all going to work out. He's going to conquer death and evil and all of this. But it's having that hope and that faith in the meantime. But mm-hmm. it's knowing that we know the ending, you know, it's just a matter of like, what are we, what are we being called to do in the meantime? And how is he wanting to use us? And, and something that helps me when I do feel discontent or not, I'm in a season of life that I don't want to be in. It's just, I'm always thinking, you know, one day I'm going to be using my experience to help somebody behind me. So like true. God, you know, just keep my eyes focused. Help me make mental notes of what I mm-hmm. wish somebody would have told me. Like, mm-hmm. and I think when we find our purpose in it, through that, then it helps us, you know, it helps us get through it because, you know, like I'm going to be able to help somebody, you know, get through their situation because of, of this. And mm-hmm. and even I was telling my girls last night, like, you know, just that's how God created us to live is to share that. And you never know how you might be able to help somebody because of how you handled your pain. But, you know, we, we have a friend, a family friend, and they lost a baby when um, he died of SIDS when he was, you know, a year. It was terrible. And she, I'll never forget her t- telling me that it was another family that she knows, and I know this family as well, that they'd lost a son a few years later, um, a few years earlier. And she said that, you know, I think it was like a day or two after they lost their son, this other couple who had also lost a son came over. And she told me, she's like, that was like the game changing moment for us because wow. seeing this couple dressed and functioning, and I've heard a lot of people say this after the death of someone, like, seeing someone who had faced a similar loss a death like that dressed and functioning and able to do life because in the moment you don't think you can do that Mm. but she's like just that vision of seeing them was like the game-changing moment for us and Mm. and it actually led them to create this this ministry of because they realized how lucky they were to have those people in their life how it helped them and so they realized not everybody has those people that comes at in the aftermath of a tragedy like that so Mm. they've created this ministry to help connect people in those moments because of how helpful it was to them so just looking at our hard moments and our you know dark seasons is like it's equipping us to have a heart for other people who will come behind us who will go through those dark seasons and helping them get through it too and Mm. and lightening their burden a little bit oh it's so true And also, we talked about this earlier. I went to an event recently, and I thought this was so good that it was a mom, and she was telling me that she actually gave this advice to her niece. And she was talking about her niece has this friend. And, you know, I think that most people have had a friend like this at some point in life, that this friend is always trying to copy her life, basically. So her niece plays soccer. So this friend took up soccer. And then her niece has some other friends. And so this friend tried to kind of get in the middle of those friendships. And then this niece has a boyfriend. And I think she tried to kind of get in the middle of that relationship with the boyfriend. And um, and the, the niece was like telling her family about like, I don't know what to do because the girl can, says that that's her, she's her BFF, says that the niece is her BFF, but the niece doesn't feel that way about the girl because she's always trying to come in between all of her relationships. Mm. But I love what this aunt told her because instead of just telling her, clearly, I guess she's jealous of her, but instead of just saying she's jealous, she's toxic, write her off, you know, which is the tempting thing to do because she, this girl obviously is not picking up on some you know, some social graces that I think that maybe she needs. But I love what this aunt told her niece. She said, you know, what I'm seeing, because you're very mature for your age, is that you have a spirit of contentment that your friend doesn't have in her life. And she wants that contentment. And I think that maybe she thinks she will get it if she has the things that you have. Mm. 
And she's like, this niece is just ahead of her time. You know, she's just very quietly confident. Mm. And this friend, she's like, I think that this friend just envies that. And I thought that was such a good example. And and it goes back to what I said earlier, how like if we don't deal with our discontent Mm -hmm. and our lack of gratitude, it's going to hurt our relationships. It sure will. It's going to push the good people away. Right. It sure will because, you know, if we're trying to fill our lives or replace the part of our lives that were meant to be filled by God, whether through a sports team or a relationship, we're always going to be dissatisfied. Mm-hmm. Like we're only Jesus satisfies our deepest longing. Um, and so, yeah, but I do think you're exactly right. It takes acknowledging the places that feel unsatisfied. It takes admitting, like I'm discontent, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm not satisfied with where the Lord has me. It takes admitting that and bringing it to the Lord and also to someone you trust because that's what it takes to get freedom is like acknowledging the places that feel dissatisfied. But yeah, I think that truly like, you know, we brought nothing into this world and we're going to take nothing out of it. And that's why he says like godliness with contentment is great gain. And that's also why Paul said in Philippians three, that whatever were gains to me, I now consider a loss because of the sake of Christ. Like I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Like that is, reality like knowing god like that's where the little girl's spirit of contentment came from you know mm-hmm, right it had nothing to do with her soccer team or her right friend group and that just shows like the other little girl that was trying to copy her mm-hmm. all of us had that in our heart of like that could be me easily you know right. just trying to do what someone else is doing to get that contentment right. but nothing if you're trying to replace the lord with anything or possession or person it's always going to leave you unsatisfied yes yeah, it's going to leave you hungry. It's like mm-hmm. the woman at the well. Yes. <laughs> like nothing else is going to that. feel that. Right. Yeah, and, and and that's why it's so important for us to realize, like you said, where we are discontent. And sometimes that's just the self-awareness, and it might be, you know, I'm discontent or I'm jealous of this person who's doing this ministry or, or chasing this dream. And so yeah. you got to ask yourself, well, why are you jealous? Well, are maybe jealous? God is putting a seed in your heart to pursue that same dream, but you're, right. you're scared to do it. Yeah. But you're seeing other people do it, and it makes you jealous. Well, maybe mm-hmm. that's, that should light a fire under you. Like, yeah. maybe that's a sign mm-hmm. that you need to take some steps in that direction that right. do these things that maybe God is calling you to do, you know, right. if, it, if it's firing you up in that, firing you up in that way. Mm-hmm. But another scripture that I think is so applicable, you know, when I think about contentment and being content no matter what, which is so hard. Obviously, it's easy to be content when life is good. But mm-hmm. um, this is just such a good scripture to live by. It's Philippians 4, 11, 13, where Paul says, Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. Mm-hmm. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So this verse, it's interesting to me how you hear that last line a lot, whether somebody's trying out for a sports team or, you know, whatever goal they're chasing, that I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. We hear that part a lot, but that part before it on the contentment, we don't hear as much. But, you know, really... That's the goal, and obviously this is a lifelong journey that we're all on, is learning to live with plenty or with want. You know, can we be content no matter what our circumstances are? And obviously, you know, in those times when we are living with too little or feel like we're we're wanting a lot, that, you know, that journey we take with God during those hard seasons, that's what really develops that Christ-like character in us and brings us to that point where we can have joy in the Lord, whether we have a lot or a little bit. So true. Yeah. I mean— it's, it is really funny how people use Philippians 4.13. It's like if you're trying to like win a game or to get some 
or to have the ability to do something for your future. It's like I think about that of like I can do all these things through him who gives me strength like for future things. But this is literally saying Christ strengthens us to be content in whatever circumstances we're in right now. Right. They're like AKA if nothing ever changed, like Christ gives me the power and the ability to be perfectly content with exactly where he has me. Yeah, it's so good. And you know, and something else I thought about recently too was a friend of mine said that she and her husband recently started to see this Christian financial advisor and um, she was just telling me about him. I'm like, he sounds really smart. I need to have him on the show. But she was just raving about his philosophy and his mindset. And um, this friend of mine has a daughter and she said that this Christian financial advisor told them that the goal is to raise her daughter so that she could be happy whether she married a pastor or a CEO, you know, and not, not that her daughter's necessarily not to just focus on marriage, but, you know, if she gets married, whether she married a CEO or a pastor, she could be happy either way. And he said, and I think this is such good advice for parents today, he's like, you know, give her high experiences and give her low experiences. Like, yeah, you know, treat her to a night at the Ritz. Like, you know, let her see, have a high experience if, if your means allow you to do that. But take her camping too. You know, just show her the full range of life experiences. Give her that full range of life experiences and develop her appreciation for it all. And I was thinking, you know, that really comes down to contentment. Mm -hmm. And I love that because I think that as parents, especially in this day and age of affluence and all that, people think they have to only give their kids the the high experiences and the the big moments. But, Mm -hmm. like, no, like, give them the full range of experiences Mm -hmm. and teach them Yes, this is a special treat. We're, you know, this is for your birthday or whatever. We're doing this special treat, this special moment. But mm-hmm. don't make their whole life like that. You know, like yeah. help them find joy in those little moments too, mm-hmm. so that it's just not, it's not going to make or break them. Right. That no matter where they end up in life, whether they have a great salary or whether they're working for a nonprofit and not making much money, they can be so happy because they're finding their joy and contentment in God. Oh, it's so true. Yeah, and that literally helps you with, you know, if you're a high school girl looking at your friend. Um, with a nice house or a cute boyfriend, it's like, instead of being like, oh, I wish I had that, recognizing, like, I can look back and be like, I'm so grateful for every single season of singleness, because it was so purposeful, every mm-hmm. part of it. Or like, yeah, I mean, sometimes in high school, I had some friends with all the, you know, possessions in the world, and I was confused, because, you know, they kind of had this, like, sadness about it, you know, or like, not even necessarily about the possessions but just about life it was like there was a lack of joy there and it confused me because then I had friends who didn't have nearly as much and they just had this joyful spirit about them all the time and I remember asking my mom like how like those two things don't make sense in my head you know Mm -hmm. but she literally brought me to Philippians 4 which is the verse you just said of you know there's there's a secret there's a secret to being content whether Mm -hmm. you have you're in want or if you have plenty if you're hungry or you're full you know it doesn't matter it's like there's a reason why you can give thanks in all circumstances. It's because he will use everything to show you more of himself. Yes. And let's talk about like just some practical ideas for somebody mm-hmm. that say they're in a hard season, their heart is yearning for something that they just don't have right now. Mm-hmm. And it might be, you know, a woman who's been facing infertility for years. You know, yeah. she wants a baby. And, you know, yesterday was Mother's Day. So that days mm-hmm. like that are really hard yeah. when that's what you're wanting. Or, you know, I thought this was so neat. I had a, a friend years ago that her daughter's off at school and it's a plane flight away. It's not easy to get to her. It was her daughter's freshman year. And she said that she was missing her daughter, but, in, you know, and she couldn't take her just to go get lunch or do whatever. And so she had a friend's daughter who's in town, who was in town that year. And so she took the friend's daughter to go get a pedicure. And I was like, 
that's how we're meant to live. You know, like instead mm-hmm. of just, she could have spent that day dwelling. Yeah. And I'm not saying there's not a place for that. Sometimes we do need to cry and feel sad because mm-hmm. we're, we're missing something or we're missing our child or missing our old life. But it's easy to stay stuck in that place, mm-hmm. you know, and just that, and that's where the enemy can really get to us. Or we can take that discontent or that yearning in our heart and say, okay, how can I go bless somebody else with it and find a whole new purpose and relationship like that? And so, you know, and this was um, the friend's childhood she took was going through a hard time. That's why she was in town. And so she took her to get a pedicure. So you know that it it was a blessing on both sides. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, that's how God created us to live, get out of our head, to get out of our problems, to think, okay, what can I do? You know, what can I do to be a blessing to somebody else? And little do you know, when you do that, Mm -hmm. you're going to have it come back to you and be blessed 10 times as much as what you're giving. Yeah, I think that's so true. Looking at someone who does have needs that are greater than yours, Mm -hmm. that really helps you be grateful is when you serve or be around people who, you know, have gone through tragic situations like if you're upset about something well if you hang out with your friend who just like lost a parent you know you're gonna get grateful really fast or if you go serve a community of people with literally nothing it's like taking your eyes off you and what you want right now and putting them you know on the people the lord is after too like the ones who have nothing you know like that really puts things into perspective that putting your eyes on people who don't have nearly as much as you or also you know um, just being grateful for the little things you do have, like what you're saying, just if you have this big dream or this big desire that feels so far away, it's like, okay, Lord, what do I have right now? Because like, if you're faithful with little, God will trust you with more. Mm-hmm. And so when you focus with the little that's right in front of you, whether that be, you know, a thought in your head, like we were talking about writing earlier, mm-hmm. if you have a thought in your head, just writing that down and like being like, Lord, how can I expand upon this? And just asking people, what do you think about this? There are things you can do to prepare for what God is doing next. Um, But also, yeah, like if you're desiring something bigger or like if you want to buy a beach house or if you want to buy a lake house, being like, I'm just so grateful to have exactly what I have right now and finding joy with the things God's already given you. Mm -hmm. I think that'll help. I think so too. And just knowing that, you know, if you, he's not giving it all to you right now, there's a reason. There's a and reason. it might be you're not ready for it or yeah. you couldn't handle it. And even I, I feel like I'm getting more emails and questions like, you know, when we're like, I want to do what you're doing. You know, how do you how do you do the books and the speaking and all that? And I'm like, it's not like I think you can look on social media and it looks like people and maybe for some people it happens in like three months, mm-hmm. you know, like something blows up and yeah. maybe that's how it happens for some. But I'm like, I've been doing this for 10 years. And mm-hmm. so. And I'd had to do it slowly because my kids were, I mean, I was raising kids and that was my priority. So it's not like I was doing it all at one time, you Mm -hmm. know, and it took me 10 years to write four books, you know, like I did it slowly. And then I, and it God has been so gracious. I realized as I started speaking when they were little, like I would get enough invitations that I could handle. Like I was not overwhelmed with invitations when they were little, but I could always say yes you know, and I'm so thankful because my personalities, I hate to say no. Like, I would have had a hard time filtering, you know, yeah. like, but it was just enough opportunity. And it was such a blessing the way. Right. And I got to figure out my message and what meet people and kind of figure out what I was doing and figure out what kind of message I wanted to have. But mm-hmm. it's just been neat. And so now, 
I do get a lot more invitations and I'm, you know, I can't do everything, but I have mm-hmm. a better idea of like, this is what I feel like God's calling me to do. Yeah. This is what I feel like, you know, this, I have a gut feeling that this, I'm supposed to go here. Mm-hmm. I have a better, I'm, I'm smarter at like my travel schedule because I've done enough to know what works and what doesn't work. Right. My girls are older, so I have more time. And I, I realize, especially, you know, that they're all in school. And so if I'm gone for 24 hours, I'm not mm-hmm. really gone that much if I leave one afternoon and get home the next afternoon. Yeah. And so, it's just I'm, I'm in a better place, but, you know, I have different things going, but it all built up slowly. Right. And so, but you just realize it's such a blessing that such a blessing. God, you know, when he does it that way, right. that it's really in his mercy because he knows you or he knows your personality. Mm-hmm. And you, and also he had to get me to the point, too, where I was content that I was like, I'm going to keep doing this even if I'm not getting speaking invitations or yeah. nobody's buying my books. Like, yeah. I know that this is what I'm called to do, and yeah. I'm just going to trust that in his timing he's going to use it. And, you know, whether it's helping one person or 10 people or however many, that yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter because I'm doing my part. I'm being right. faithful. And there's such contentment in knowing that God has equipped you to do something and you are doing it and then it's out of your hands and he's going to do what he wants to with it. I think that helps so much is actually searching your heart mm-hmm. and asking God to test your motives. Because if your motive is to reach people, all right, you can reach your next door neighbor. And like you've had a successful life of like that one person, but also like... You know, or if you're, I think it's really easy just to, especially in this day and age, to see people that instantly blow up and love of like overnight three right. million followers, right? Or overnight like a thousand views on, or a thousand likes on TikTok, whatever it is. It's like, it's so easy to see examples of people that are like overnight celebrities, and so in our hearts we've accidentally made that the goal. It's just quick fame, like quick mm-hmm. promotion, quick platform, but we forget like not only is that not what it's about or how it works, you know, like that's kind of a loss because there's so much God shows us in the process, or at least I've seen that in my own life where, you know, when I was 14, I was so ready. I thought I was ready to do full-time ministry. (laughs) I mean, I I didn't think I was ready, but I had that desire in my heart when I was 14. And by the time I graduated high school, you know, I was kind of ready to start doing ministry, but I felt called to go to Auburn and thank the Lord he called me there and it was exactly where he wanted me in those four years because of the stories and the relationships and the ways he matured me and even grew me in my voice and in my gifts. Like he grew me in so many ways in those four years that perfectly prepared me for where I am now. But I totally battled with like, am I wasting time? Like, am I missing out on God's plan? Mm -hmm. I'm 21 and I'm not really walking in what I want to do. I'm just like, I look back and I laugh. I'm like, that was such a lie. You know, it's such a lie that you've missed out on God's best or that if you're not there right now, you'll never get there. Or like, it's such a life. You're a mom and you're like, I'm too old to experience like God's actual best plan for me. No, you're not like, or it's a lie when you're in high school and you're like, I'm too young to be thinking about this. No, you're not because the Lord wants to use exactly where you are to, to prepare you for what he's doing next. And I'm so glad that he waited, you know, to give me the job that I wanted. I mean, it, he didn't wait too long. I'm only 23 and I'm doing it, but I think that it's crazy that I was a little bit disappointed when I was 18, realizing, oh, I might have to wait. Yeah, I'm just, there's there's so much I'm grateful for. And like gratitude comes when you see where you are as something God is using to prepare you. Like seasons end and new ones form. And what you sow in this season, you'll reap in the next one. So yes. if you're sowing like discontentment and just ungratefulness, and if you're complaining and whining and just looking ahead so much to where you miss 
where you're where you are then. In the next season, you're going to reap the same thing. You're going to be ungrateful. You're going to be discontent. You're going to be longing for the next season and the next season. Like that cycle of discontentment and a lack of gratitude will never end. But if right now you choose to be grateful and if right now you choose to be content with where you are and ask the Lord to show you how, and when you acknowledge those places that feel unsatisfied, when you get around people that are satisfied and content, like when you sow in that way, you'll reap just new life and new color and new growth in, in the next season that, you know, wouldn't have been possible if you didn't steward the season you're in right now. Yes. Yeah. Be a good steward of your pain and your suffering, too. Mm-hmm. And I hear a lot, and this is a message for, especially if your child's in college or if you're in college, you're a young adult listening to this. I hear so many parents, they tell me that, and, and as parents, we know this, but for some reason, this generation, you know, they're freshmen or sophomore in college, and they're stressed out because mm-hmm. they don't, they hate their major, or they don't like their major, and they feel like they wasted time, or they're worried that they're not on the right track. Like, they think they have to know their whole life plan at 18, and I think college makes you feel like that. Like, mm-hmm. when I was in college, we really didn't have to declare our major or really get deep into our major until junior year. And then I remember with Ella, you know, they were like, oh, no, you know, we start with some of her freshman classes. It kind of builds on from there. And so I think there's this mentality that, you know, oh, my, it's terrible if I switch my major or if I change my plan or if I don't love my job and I want to switch to something else. Like, I think, you know, young people today feel this pressure that they have to just get it all right perfectly. And if they don't, their whole plan is messed up. And that's us trying to control circumstances. And that is not trusting God that he's going to use it all. Yeah. So maybe you have a major that you hate, you know, when you're like, maybe you did waste a year that those classes can't go towards your major and you're going to spend a little more time in college. But, you know, but maybe in that process, you met a friend in that class or you met a professor who's going to write your letter of recommendation or a professor who's going to recommend you for a job in your your new major like something happened in that season of life that's going to play into your future story Mm -hmm. and I say that as a writer because when you're writing a story you're planting these seeds continually it's called plant and payoff and then there's the seed is planted in chapter two and then in chapter nine that seed comes back into play and it, it pays off in some way it wasn't a random seed there was something that came out of it and so just trusting that like wherever you are if you you know say you're selling sneakers and you hate your job you know you want to be do some do something else but three years later you're in your dream job and little did you know you've got to go do a sales pitch to somebody well mm-hmm. all those years you spent selling sneakers to strangers yeah. you developed skills you didn't even realize that you would need three mm-hmm. or four years down the road and so I think as we can especially for young people to look at like you know just do whatever you're doing right now well you know whether you love your job or not like do it like you're doing it for the Lord and not for people like just do it to the best of your ability and just ask God to you know just keep growing you and he's going to use it in your future story even if it's not a straight linear path which mm-hmm. for every most people it's not a straight path like our you know we all kind of zigzag around but it is cool the older you get you I can just look and see like five different parts of my past that God brought together once I really felt like I found my truest biggest purpose and calling in life like Mm -hmm. it all played into that story and none of it was a waste so don't think that it's a waste because your life doesn't seem like it has purpose or you don't seem like you're doing very significant work right now like God is growing you and he's developing skills in you and giving you a self-awareness that's going to be so important Mm -hmm. what you're doing down the road right even if you're like, well, how does this job apply to my future? I don't like my job. This is so boring. I do the same thing every day. Or like if you're a student and you're like, I feel stuck in class every day for four years, like this is going to be forever until I actually get out of it and think about what I want to do next. But 
the beautiful thing about the Lord, one of the many, is that He's always doing a new thing. Like He literally says in Isaiah, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Like, are you aware of it? I'll even make a roadway in the wilderness and a river in the desert. Like, He will do things you didn't see coming. He'll provide opportunities um, you weren't expecting. Like, He will always, He's always doing something new. And so, even if you're in the same schedule and the same mundane structure of your days, it's like, look for God to do a new thing because he wants to and he is and sometimes we just miss it because we expect it to be another boring day another mundane um class schedule more homework but look for the lord and everything um and miss carrie i don't know about you but you know i have so much to grow in but that that was a side note that i have so much to grow in but i feel like i'm walking in a lot of answer prayers right now you know like i love my job i love what i'm doing but honestly like to the very, very core, I feel like the best part of it is what I had when I was 14. You know, like when I was first praying to the Lord, like, use me for ministry. Like, I want to be used in this way. I want to speak to high school girls. Mm -hmm. It's like that intimacy with the Lord to where I felt like I could ask Him for things and that connection with Him of like, I can trust Him and I can tell Him the things on my heart and He's safe and there's fullness of joy in His presence and He's my refuge. Like that relationship with Him Nine years later, now that I'm 23, I mean, that's still the best part of my day is like that connection with the Lord. And there's not a job or a dream or a person that could deliver that, you know, kind of satisfaction and who God is. And yeah, I mean, if again, the hard seasons where things just, we don't feel satisfied. I think again, when we bring them to the Lord, one of the reasons we should do that is because then we get to experience God showing Himself to us. Like, we get to experience Him as our provider, you know, who provides every single one of our needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Like, if there's a lack and we bring it to the Lord, it's like we get to experience Him as provider. You know, or like if there's confusion or we're sad about a situation and we bring it to the Lord, we get to experience Him as our wonderful counselor. Mm -hmm. Or if, if we feel down or chaotic or sad about our lives, it's like, we get to bring it to Him and experience Him as our Prince of Peace. It's like who God is is so real. Um, and sometimes He wants to give us places of dissatisfaction or discontentment or things that feel like they're lacking so that we can bring it to Him and He can fill us. You know, like right. if we but can. Nobody else can fill that for right. us. And you realize, okay, yeah. keep people in their place. You yeah. know, don't look for them yeah. to fill all those needs right. that, for that dream or that job to because view, it's going to disappoint you. To view those problems as invitations. Yes. Yeah. is something that I'm trying to grow in. Yeah, that's so good. I know. I think about that, too. Like, the more that my job requires me to go into different areas, which I love the podcasting and the speaking and all the different things. But this year, I was so busy with all of that, I didn't have as much time to write. And so in working on a new book recently, I'm back at my computer, and I'm like, it just feels so good. And I'm like, this is where I feel God the most, is when it is me and him and my computer. Wow. And now I know who I'm writing for because I've met so many of my readers and I've yeah. connected with them, which I didn't have that benefit when I started. You don't really know who you're writing for. But but I'm like, this is like the core calling. Yeah. You know, like I feel like this is if I had to give up, pick one thing, mm-hmm. this is where I'm meant to be first. Yeah. And this is like back to my true love. Mm-hmm. And But it took being away from it to be like, oh, I really missed it. Yeah. And, and this is feeling a, giving me a contentment and a gratitude that yeah. I didn't have when I was kind of doing it a lot and I was feeling burned out, but mm-hmm. being away from it. Yeah. And um, so many girls are scared of that, like being alone. Mm-hmm. Like I talked to girls who were just so scared of being alone. It's yes. like they don't want to deal with 
all the racing thoughts or um, their own fears or insecurities. It's like they always want noise and like distraction. Mm -hmm. And I was literally talking to my 13, actually he turned 14 yesterday. It was his birthday. I was talking to him yesterday. Yesterday was Sunday. And we were talking about church and he was like, I'm like, did you like the service tape? And he was like, yeah, it was good, but I'm just so frustrated. Like, I can't pay attention. Like, he's like, I get so distracted, and I don't want to get distracted, but it's so hard for me to, like, stay on track and to actually listen to what he's saying the whole time. And it was – part of me was like, that's disappointing. But the other part of me was like, that's so sweet that he's, like, burdened by that, you know, yes. that he wants to pay attention and he wants to not get distracted. But I was like, Tate, I think that a lot of kids your age struggle with the same thing because – they're so used to being constantly stimulated. Mm-hmm. Like if they're scrolling on TikTok or YouTube, they're watching a video that gets their attention. And the second it gets boring, they scroll to the next thing. The second that gets boring, they scroll to the next thing. It's mm-hmm. like this never-ending cycle of entertainment. So when you're in a room and you're hearing an, an actual speaker and pastor talk, the second it gets a little bit boring or you zone out, you can't just like scroll to the next thing. It's like you're still in the room. You're still listening to the same speaker, to the same word. And I think that's a huge problem with young people is that there is just this constant need to be constantly stimulated. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the Lord wants to help you with that too. It's like he wants to help your brain get on track. He wants to like slow your thoughts down and give you satisfaction in his word. You know, like I think we forget that he says you'll be satisfied as with the richest of foods with his word. You know, like the lions make your weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack nothing. Like the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Like there's, we forget that, you know, if we have him, we literally lack nothing. So that's kind of a separate thought, but also it goes right along with it because if we're lacking the ability to like pay attention or lacking the ability to like lock in, sometimes there's actual issues. Like if you have ADD and you get, you get distracted and you need medicine. But I think so many people, you know, get prescribed that prematurely when it's like, Sometimes we just need to be quiet, you know, and be still Mm -hmm. and like turn our phone off and train our minds, you know, to think about things that are above, you know, and even if just just to stop looking at our phones and like to be to simulate our brain, just to be still and and to be quiet and to be able like I ask my high school girls this sometimes I'm like, what do you how do you feel when you're alone in your room at night? Everyone's asleep. Um, Your phone is dead or like your phone's charging across the room and it's just you and your thoughts and the fan blowing. Like, what are you thinking about and how do you feel about yourself? Because mm-hmm. if you're so uncomfortable that you have to like go across the room and get your phone or like play music to like fall asleep or, you know, I just think that you, the Lord has more for you. You know, like yes. you can have peace when it's dead silent in your room, when no one is with you, you don't hear anyone talking. Like that can be the most like joy filled moments. It sounds crazy because I mean, my high school girls like laugh at me when I say that, but I'm like, no, seriously, like you can experience like God's voice, you know, you can experience his presence, you know, and sometimes when you have nothing except that, you know, that's when you feel the strongest, you know, like you look at people in Africa, you're like, why are they so on fire for the Lord and so full of joy? It's because they have nothing else, you know, like that's all they have. And so I think sometimes your friend that deletes social media for the summer, or, you know, if you didn't make the team that you wanted to make, to me or your boyfriend broke up with you and you're so discontent and you're so unsatisfied. I think just really recognizing that this could be the Lord trying to convince you that having him is enough. Yes. Yeah. 
And I think that, you know, as we're wrapping up too, I think that's a good place to go for summer is to what we talked about at the beginning. Yeah. Is like pare it down. <laughs> you know, like sometimes when my head feels like a chaos, you know, just like a circus in there, like there's too much. I mean, like what I'm all, I'm always like, go back to the basics. Go like, back to the basics. Simplify. Okay, what can you cut out? And mm-hmm. so when you're feeling discontent and all that noise and ungrateful, it's just like cut it out, shut it out. And a good practice, something that always helped my girls that I think they learned through big time was um, just, you know, reflecting if you want a good place to start on how to kind of get your mind to relax and to settle and to really f- feel that peace and intimacy with God is just maybe each day focus on a Bible verse, like pick one Bible verse and just meditate on that, mm-hmm. you know, and it could be you're, you read it, you know, you just read it three or four times. And then you sit there and don't think about anything else. You just focus on one Bible verse Mm -hmm. and just meditate on that and then write about that. Just journal about that. And it could take five minutes. And and mine mine like to do it before bed. And I like to do it before bed. I know people, a lot of people get up and have quiet time in the morning. I'd like to when I can. But for me, it is a great feeling. I love going to bed happy and peaceful and content. And that sometimes comes from, you know, whether it's journaling or I have a lot of Christian author friends. A lot of times I'll read their books or mm-hmm. I'll just read a little of the Bible. But to me, it just gets my head and my heart in the right place. And I think especially as you're falling asleep at night, like what you were talking about, instead of letting going to bed and anxiety or fear of not wanting to be alone with your thoughts, just get quiet with God. Like I said, just get a devotional or something, you know, a Bible verse, and just reflect on that one thing and journal about it and let that be your last thought for the day, your last conversation with God mm-hmm. for the day. And just settling into that. Yeah. Your last thought of the day and also your first thought of the day, I think, is huge. It's yes. Just, um, and Will has a friend named Chandler who wakes up and he immediately writes five things he's grateful for. At least there was a season of life where he did it. And I just think what better way to get your day going of like waking up and being like, thank you, Lord. You know, mm-hmm. like, and he tells us to enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. It's like. If that's our first thought, I think that'll go ahead and set our brains in the trajectory of having a day of gratitude to where like even when something hard happens or you're disappointed by something or someone, you can go back and be like, I woke up with a healthy body. My dad made me an amazing breakfast. You know, like I have a car that works and I got to see my friend today and I'm getting dinner with this person tonight. Like there's always something to look forward to Mm -hmm. and there's always something to be grateful for. Um, and I think training your brain, that's a great tip. The first part of your day and the last part of your day. Yeah. You know what they do in AA. I have friends who are in Alcoholics Anonymous. And I, I think this is like the healthiest habit that anybody can benefit from. But you wake up and you wake up with gratitude. Mm-hmm. You practice gratitude. And then as you're going to bed at night, you deal with your resentments. And you because basically they're like all addictions are rooted in resentment. It's, mm-hmm. And a lot of times they're holding a grudge against somebody from 10 years ago, and the person doesn't even remember what they did. (laughs) They're holding a grudge. And so you don't let those resentments build. Instead, at the end of the day, and it could be, I resent the church because somebody in my small group was mean to me. Or it doesn't have to be a person. It could be an institution. But you list out your resentments. You list your role in that resentment. Mm -hmm. But you let it go. I mean, and so you work through every little small thing Mm -hmm. because otherwise it's just going to build and build and build. And so you work through your resentments at night. And then you wake up, like you said, with gratitude mm-hmm. and start your day with, with a grateful heart. Yeah. And I just think if you really were in the practice of doing that, mm-hmm. then it would be hard to get off track. Yeah. <laughs> That's just so freeing, too. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we hold resentments and grudges against people, but the only person that's being held captive is you. Right. And that can steal a lot of your contentment. That can steal a lot of your joy and gratefulness is when you're so bitter towards someone else. But 
yeah, the Lord, forgiveness is for you. You know, it's not always for the other person that yeah. you're resenting. It's oftentimes for you. That's like my friend in AA. She's like, it's really sad because people will talk about, you know, all these things they're having to work through through the program. And they've held this grudge towards somebody from mm. 10 years ago. <laughs> and a lot of times they have to go apologize for it or, you know, acknowledge yeah. it. And yeah. the person they go to doesn't even remember the event, you know, oh and gosh. they have been sitting there harboring it and holding resentment for 10 years. And mm. I'm like, that's what we do as human beings if we let ourselves go on that track which is why we've got to be you know really fight it and contentment and gratitude help us do that and i think that reminded me of another practical thing as we're closing to do too of like in the same way if you're holding resentment against someone and to be able to like actually acknowledge that and pinpoint it yes and release that person and forgive them um in the same way like if there was something that didn't work out that you really wanted to work out or you're super disappointed by something that should have happened and you might even resent God, you know, for not letting it work out or for shutting that door. Acknowledging those and being able to say, God, thank you. Like, I can't see what you see. And you might have been protecting me from something that I didn't see coming. Or that might have been a blessing in disguise that I might not still fully recognize because it still hurts. But I think acknowledging situations that didn't work out that you really wanted them to. And coming to a place like thanking God in faith, even if you don't see why he did what he did or Mm -hmm. why he allowed something to happen that he allowed, coming to a place of faith of being like, God, thank you. I don't trust. I mean, I don't see why you did that, but I want to trust that it was good. Like, I want to believe that you're working that out for my good because there are things that's real. Like, that's so real. Yeah. I've had things that I'm so disappointed by. I'm like, Lord, that should have worked out. I felt peace about that. You know, like I felt confident that I was the girl for that or that that thing should have happened. And sometimes I feel the Lord prompting me just to thank Him for it anyway, even if it doesn't make sense, even if I can't wrap my head around it. It still feels like it should have worked out. Like, that's what faith is. It's confidence in what you hope for and assurance about what you don't see. Right. So if you hope that that was good, thank Him in faith. Um, if you don't see the evidence of that, just thank Him because He sees it and He really is working it out. And, um, yeah, I think that leads into another point of, like, looking back on past things God has been faithful in, or looking back on past ways He's been faithful, that can also stir up your gratitude and contentment, yeah. is when you remember things of like, wow, that actually really worked out. Um, my friends that just got married have a blessings jar where they write blessings down, and they say they're going to read it like every year so they can look back and be like, wow, like we are actually so blessed. Um, and it reminds me of like people that write in their journal prayers that they're praying mm-hmm. and they can read it and be like, oh my goodness, he answered this, he answered that. He didn't answer that one, but he did something better. You know, like that wasn't a no. It was actually just a not yet. It's like that can stir up your faith is when you look back and account his past faithfulness. Yeah, exactly. And I, um, and I love that Bible verse about stacking the stones. And I just want to encourage any of you that are listening that you're in that dark place. You can't trust God. You're really suffering. And you're struggling to believe that He is good and that His plan is good. It's just to remember, you know, in the Bible, they stacked the stones. That every They remembered the times that God was faithful in the past. And they, they built, I don't know if they built a wall, or they did, they stacked the stones. Though. So every time they looked at the stones, it was a reminder of God's faithfulness yeah. in the past. So if you can't trust Him right now, you just, the whole situation seems foggy or cloudy or confusing. Mm-hmm. Like, just look at His past faithfulness. Like, look what He saved you from or delivered you from or blessed you with. Like, just know that you can trust him today based on what he's done in the past and who you know his character is and that he is true and perfect and real. Um, and just, you know, just really trusting in that, trusting in what he's done before for you that he will do again 
for you as you're walking through this time. Oh, that's so good. And I, I, I love that. I have a friend that she um, she sold her business. She doesn't have any more, but she had a candle company, mm-hmm. by Stephanie Lloyd here in Birmingham, called Stack, and it was based on that Bible verse, wow. just remembering God's faithfulness. Oh, so cool. So good. And I just want to end with something my dad has always said. It just stuck with me about gratitude. And years ago, you know, you get older and you start realizing all the things that your parents did for you and just like, wow, you know, just always so giving. And, you know, you realize we were not spoiled growing up. We, there were five kids in our family, but, you know, anything we really wanted, we had, you know, like mm-hmm. my dad. And he always worked so hard, never for himself. I mean, he would skimp on himself, but always for us and to be generous with others. And so a couple of years ago, I was like, Dad, I just need to thank you. And I just feel, you know, you've just done so much for us, all five of us. You know, and that's a lot, having five kids. I can kind of get it now on a new level, having four kids. Mm-hmm. And he said, honey, you know, what's mine is yours. And I never minded doing anything for you kids as long as you were grateful. Mm-hmm. And that just always stuck with me. And I think that's how I feel with my kids. You know, that as long as they're grateful, they have that right posture of heart. They don't expect it. You know, mm-hmm. if I do something for them. It's, you know, they have that childlike wonder. Thank you. Wow. It's Mm -hmm. never an entitlement or an expectation. And I think that's what God wants from us, too, that he's like, what's mine is yours. But, you know, just he just wants us to be grateful and to not get to that place of discontent or entitlement where we are thinking we deserve it. And we have these certain expectations. And if they're not met, then we get angry. But um, that's so true. Just a little just a little reminder for all of us, myself included, as we go into summer is just, you know, working Mm -hmm. on those ways to be grateful to you know acknowledge the hard realities of life and those places of discontent and what God is, you know, where he's meeting us in that discontent content in those hard times, but also looking for the things to be grateful for mm-hmm. and making our list every morning like like Will's friend, maybe the five things that we're grateful for as we yeah. start our day. Mm-hmm. I love that because no matter what your life looks like this summer or next year and the seasons changing and relationships shifting or hard things happening, two things that never change is who God is and what he says he's, he's going to do, you know, like his promises yes. and what he's already done. His promises and His character are two things that never change that we always have permission to be grateful for. Yes, that's true. And I sometimes I'm just like, God, I'm just grateful that I can trust you in a world yeah. where I'm not sure sometimes who to trust or what to trust. Yeah. Where everything seems so confusing. I'm just grateful that mm-hmm. I have this truth that we can stand on. It's, it's a rock that will not shake. That's right. Okay, well, this was a fun conversation. So thank you all for listening. Thank you, Mary Lauren, for coming back on. Um, if y'all have ideas for future podcasts, what we might be, we'll be do, do some recording this summer. So feel free to send those in through an email or uh, DM on Instagram or wherever's most convenient. And on a final note, we just want to say a little prayer for you as God continues to work in your life and to, to show you uh, the path toward contentment and gratitude and your ability to trust in Him. Do you want to go first, Mary Lauren? Sure. Okay. Heavenly Father, um, thank you again for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for this time with Miss Carrie. Thank you, Lord, for your heart that's just so wanting to provide for us, to show us who you are, to speak to us, Lord. You want to be close to us more than we want to be close to you, and for that we are so grateful. I pray, Lord, for every listener of this podcast, Father, that If anyone is listening to this and they desire that contentment or they desire that gratitude, thank you, Lord, that um, when we ask, we receive, and when we seek, we find, and when we knock, the door will be open. So we just submit our request to you, Lord, and we submit our desire to be content, Lord. We want 
We want to believe that if we have you, we have everything, Lord. Like if we have your presence, we have fullness of joy. If we have your countenance, your counsel, your sweet, sweet, sweet face, Lord, then we have the secret to life. We have the secret that Paul talked about, whether in want or in need, whether well-fed or hungry, Lord. We want to be able to be content in all situations, and it's only through Christ that we can have the strength to do this. So we just invite you into every area of our lives, Lord. We acknowledge the places in our life that feel unsatisfied, that feel like they're lacking something, Lord, and we invite you to come and fill every crack, every area, um, every relationship, and every situation, Lord, because we want to see everything that's beautiful. We want to see the beauty, Lord, that you talk about in Ecclesiastes, the beauty um, that's in every season. And I pray, Lord, that you help every person listening recognize the season that they're in. And I pray, Lord, that you would prepare them for what you're doing next in it, Lord. And we love you so much, and we thank you for being the best part of all of it. In Jesus' name. Dear Lord, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for this conversation with Mary Lauren and for Mary Lauren and her wisdom at such a young age. And God, you know the heart and the struggles of every woman, every girl, every person who's listening. And we just ask that you help all of us grow in contentment and gratitude this summer. We ask that you help all of us, um, include especially all the, the listeners today, to open our eyes to the blessings in our lives and to open our hearts to what you're doing in our lives, God, and help us to embrace the unique story you're writing with each of our lives and the unique plan you have for each one of us. And help us, instead of looking at our friends and other people and on social media and feeling jealous and discontent because somebody has what we want or what we think we should have, God, help just pull out that bitterness and that jealousy and any of those weeds out of our heart and just replace it with truth and light and love and help us to cheer each other on, help us to be grateful for what we have and to be um, happy for others as they are getting blessed in their lives uniquely by you. And God, we just know that your desire is for light to find light and for believers to find believers and to come together and be stronger together than apart. So we ask that you uh, use our journey toward contentment and gratitude to bring us closer to other people, to let us shine a brighter light in this world that desperately needs it. And God, just um, continue to, to work in our hearts, open our eyes, and just make us thankful for what you're doing in each of our lives and each of our stories, because we know that it's good, and then we can trust it because it comes from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm so grateful to have you here. And if you enjoyed the show, please follow the Girl Mom Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen and leave a ratings or review so others can find these messages too. Also, my new book for moms called More Than a Mom, How Prioritizing Your Wellness Helps You and Your Family Thrive is now available everywhere books are sold. This book is for girl moms and boy moms and full of encouragement no matter what season of parenting you're in. Find the link to this book and my other books in the show notes. Thanks again for your support and have a great day.